Hey, thank you for joining us. I'm Coach Mickey. And I'm Mel. And we're so glad that you're with us today. And if this is your first time joining us, come on in and make yourself comfortable. Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, or whatever beverage you're drinking in your side of the world. And some of you have reached out and said, you're drinking something a little stronger when you're Mm -hmm. visiting with us. So, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm excited. this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you put a little cognac in your coffee? (laughs) I will tell. (laughs) So we are going to have some fun today. And a lot of you have reached out to us and, uh, this is something we haven't had an opportunity to do. So Mel and I were talking and uh, we are going to do a podcast today, getting to know Mel, getting to know Mel. So everybody wants to know a little something, something about you. And this is (laughs) going to be fun. And then in all fairness, at some point in time, we'll come back and we'll do me. Well, we'll do getting to know Coach Mickey. But uh, yeah, this is all about you today. Boring me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are not boring. (laughs) Um, so you know what, let's just, I'm just, we're just going to jump right in okay. and, uh, find out, uh, who you are, what you do and where we're from. And, but uh, I think from the past, we've kind of shared that, but for those that are joining us on a first time, uh, yeah, we're glad that you're with us and, and we want to get to know you too. So yeah. if you want to leave us a little comment on any of our social media and say who you are and where you're from, we'll give you a shout out, uh, yes. somewhere along the line, in our podcast. Yes. Uh, so Mel, where are you from? Um, well, I was born and raised in North Carolina, uh, which is a kind of like at the base of the mountains, the Appalachian Mountains. So, yeah, in between the city of Charlotte and um, Asheville, actually. So, and then now you, uh, you live there all your life, right? Um, yeah, pretty much until about 12 years ago. Um, I decided to set, set off across country. And I'm currently in San Diego, California. Okay. And then you've been here for how long now? Oh, gosh. 12 years. About, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And our, what am I, I think I've known you since then. <laughs> so it's I be know. It's like Let's... since the beginning almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Now, the other thing, too, many people um, may know, and some of you that don't, uh, uh, Mel is an accomplished author. And again, like all of our other podcasts, all of her information and links will be in the uh, description of the podcast. But um, I wanted to ask you, what, sure. what inspired you to become an author? Um, you know, actually, I have always wanted to write ever since I, I was a kid and learned how to write. Uh, growing up, I was the only girl in our neighborhood. So we had a neighborhood of a bunch of boys. So I either had to learn to play by myself with my dolls, or I learned to go out and you know, play with the, with the boys, so my, my two brothers and some of the other ones. So one of the neighborhood boys, Mike, um, him and I were about the same age. So what we would do is we would, you know, we have these favorite animes that we watched as kids. And so we wrote ourselves in as characters. And then we, we created this whole world where we were in the anime with our friends. So I think the love started when I was a kid and and was writing ourselves or myself into a lot of these movies. I don't know. I think you call that fan fiction today. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I've always wanted it. And when I was a little older and I was allowed to buy a romance novel, um, I picked up my first romance novel, which was uh, Janelle Taylor, I think it was, and fell in love. I knew I wanted to write romance. I did from that moment on. That's awesome. Now you've, uh, but there's more to your story because you started with romance novels and then you went on to do, what was it? The, uh, well, go ahead. You fill it in. 
Um, I had wanted to kind of, you know, meet with other people who appreciated the same romance genre as I did. So I found out about this um, convention that they had usually about a year or every two years. It was called the Romantic Times Convention. And so I think it was in, gosh, 96 or so way back in the day, they had one. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And so I went by myself. I flew on the plane pretty much for the first time by myself um, wow. to, a, to a city, uh, New Orleans, actually. Uh, knew nothing about the area. Got out of the airport and s- stayed in a hotel by myself right there near where the cruise was. So got on the cruise, didn't know anybody. And I quickly found some great lifelong friends on there who, you know, they had been going to the RT convention for many years. And I was such a privilege and I was so grateful to have met them because they're still my friends today. So many of them were aspiring authors, um, but we had, I met them there on that cruise and but Patty and Judy and Tracy and Diane and <laughs> I mean they're they're my friends now. We we um, I appreciate them and I love them dearly. That's awesome. Isn't that fun? How you can go to someplace different and then all of a sudden you you have friends for life. Oh my that gosh! Really it was cool. so, what was so cool about it was because um, one of the nights, one of the events in the RT convention was. Um, the selection of a Mr. Romance cover model. So for the first time in my life that I knew, I had never seen so many really pretty men. They were pretty. The the ones I've seen on the covers, the Fabios and whatnot. And I was so intimidated because they were having a night where, oh, you can get your photograph made. And I I was absolutely nervous about that. And Patty and Judy and Tracy and... uh, all, you know, all of them just pretty much said, oh, come on. And so they really, you know, it was one of the best nights I had. I met a lot of great people and I saw them throughout the years, many years, actually. I've been going to, I went to RT for quite a few years, wow. up until 08, I think, 2008. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. That's pretty good. That's fun. We well, now you've got, you've now, forgive me for the count, but how many books, mm-hmm. you've got what, three, four Books published? Um, I have, uh, I had four and one of the publishers, one of the e-publishers went into bunk. So I got that book back and I have been kind of just holding off. I wanted to work on it and, and republish it um, with a new cover and everything. But uh, a funny story about that on that first cruise, I, you know, I had my sights set on writing this, you know, this historical romances. I actually met uh, one of the best-selling historical romance novelists, um, Virginia Henley. And that's how I met another friend on that cruise. Uh, so Debbie, I met her on one of the, you know, where you have your all-you-can-eat buffets type of thing. <laughs> and for some reason, and thankfully, we were standing in line together and we were chatting and she was such a bubbly personality. She, she was fortunate enough to have been um, set up to be the cabin mate of Virginia Henley. And so she invited me up to their cabin and we sat there and Virginia Henley literally sat there and gave us advice about becoming an author. And her advice was, you know, it's, it's very hard. Cause at the time you could, 
there weren't that many ebooks. It was all you had to go to through New York publishers. So it was really hard because you couldn't get published unless you were already published. So it was a kind of a catch 22 thing. So she said the best way to get published is there's this whole underground. It's there's millions of women are reading these books and they're spicy and they're eroticas. And so if you could get a couple of those under your belt, then you would have something to take to New York to show. And so I actually got the um, advice from her to start there first, but I had no clue <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> Pure imagination. <laughs> I love the fact you just jumped in. Oh know? my gosh. Uh, yeah. I even have friends and family this day that won't read my stuff. <laughs> oh, that's enticing for everybody listening. So yeah. Remember people, the links will be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's spicy and extra spicy. And lit. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, besides your, your uh, writing, I know one of your passions is photography, mm. you know, and that's really kind of cool. Cause they really kind of go hand in hand to have that yeah. vision and that eye set. But what, what really inspires you to do that, to look at photography in, in the way that um, you do? You know what? I, I was trying to re- think about that the other day. I remember I've always, I'd always had a passion when I saw you know, the results of a camera when I was a kid. Um, actually, you could shoot something and then you could go in this room and you could put these papers, uh, you know, in these chemicals and out would pop an image. And it always fascinated me. And so my parents had gotten me my first 35 millimeter film camera when I was like, I think maybe 13. I was, you know, a teenager. I, I had, I mean, I had no clue. We had no internet, no YouTubes during that time. So I was having to learn this and go to the library and, and find books. And I did a lot of, you know, shooting and realizing what works and what doesn't, um, because I had this affinity about these beautiful, you know, sceneries primarily that I wanted to document in a more artistic or creative way because I know that sometimes life happens and they're building on it and it's gone forever um or you know they tear down a particular beautiful building and put up a new one so I always wanted to be kind of a historian in a way um of just documenting the world around me and um I just I've just always loved it and being creative in that aspect that's pretty neat. Well, you've got a good eye too, because your Thank photography is, you. I mean, your, your pictures are great. I mean, they really are. Mm-hmm. And even just traveling with you, you know, seeing the way that you mm-hmm. see things in a different perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and, and capturing that on, uh, what we say film, but capturing that photograph <laughs> is, uh, I know we're dating ourselves. <laughs> no, no, actually yeah. I did go to photography school for a couple of semesters and my for, uh, photography instructor, uh, Ben Porter, he was, he was really known for, he had these large format cameras and he would go and take these huge panoramas and he really helped. Um, cause sometimes I'm very hard on myself. I can be a bit of a perfectionist. And if I don't, don't get it right, especially when I was younger, I'd get very upset because it'd have to be perfect. And I don't know why I always put that on myself, but uh, between him and some of the other instructors, I literally learned to, you know, basically just let, let the art take over and don't worry so much. I mean, of course I learned the technical stuff of it, but to, 
just go with it. You know, a lot of times just go through your creativity and, and just let it go. Um, everybody's different too, you know, so what some people appreciate others, they like something else. Um, so I am more of a landscape creative. I, I did not want to go digital when digital came along. Really? I did not kick it and screaming. I did. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting, you know, because uh, digital has its bon- you know, has its plus and minuses. One of it is you're not going through all that film. I remember you used to have yes. to get, you'd have to order doubles, you know, and you're paying a lot to have pictures yeah. printed out. And you would take pictures, and you had no idea if they were going to be blurry. Mm-hmm. At least with digital, when you when you're shooting a picture, you can take a look at it. If it's not what you want, you're still there in the moment to be able to still capture it instead of waiting. You know the week you get home from vacation or whatever and then and hope and pray that picture came out exactly yeah. I mean that, yeah. that was one of the biggest things because um I found out really early that I really hadn't I really was really good at black and white and because in my my mind I could look at a scenery and see the different shades of how it would come out on film so when I learned the dark room and was in the dark room I spent many of a days in in there um, perfecting the art of developing the black and white film to create um, Adam Ansel type of uh, pictures and infrared tended to be one of my favorites as well so digital you can't necessarily for a long time you weren't able to do that <clears throat> um, you could take a color picture sometimes and and go and put it in a program and change it into black and white but I had always had that kind of affinity to, to do black and white. And I, you know, I was a little first, I did not want to do digital. Um, but yes, you are correct. It, uh, it is better and less cost, yeah. <laughs> less costly than going to y'all film. You can imagine, you know, traveling, I would take 20 rolls of film or more, you know, and you were always worried about the airports, the scanners, like, developing or exposing your film and <laughs> oh, i remember that it used to be on the it said uh the the x-ray when it first came out will not uh destroy your film the canisters uh-huh. and they had the picture you know yep. if everybody looked at that now they'd be like what what's that what's <laughs> that but you know the funny thing is is uh one of the local photography shops here in san diego that it is coming back People are wanting to learn how to do it so they actually sell film and film cameras again. <gasps> That's oh, really, that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of nostalgic, kind of nostalgic. Hey, so we have got a couple questions that have come in mm-hmm. from our listeners that, yeah. uh, that are directed towards you actually. And that's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, I know. No, this is going to be an easy one. So okay. Emily Gonzalez has asked, how's your Spanish classes coming along? <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm already advanced to, um, I think the Rose level now, which I have no, I know no one knows, but uh, I still do it every, you know, retake some of the older ones. It keeps you going back and refreshing your, I'm doing okay. I could ask where the bathroom is and how to order a ticket, um, a bus ticket and stuff like that. So I did feel I've come a long ways from where I was. So it's progressing, it's progressing <laughs> slowly, 
maybe in about three years I might have it down pat. Ah, <laughs> well, that's also, hey, you're still going. We you said you're doing what every fifteen minutes or fifteen minutes. I do about me? yeah, anywhere. Sometimes I might just want to. I, I might only have five minutes. Sometimes, like the other day, I had half an hour or more. So yeah, I'm still practicing it. Oh, that's good. That's kind of yeah. cool. So um, the other one is, um, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm looking here at my notes. But uh, before, while I'm looking for those, uh, I wanted to ask you, what is your, we're going to kind of do a couple quick fires here. Okay. And this is something just to kind of get people to, to know who we are. So oh do you okay. have a motto? Do you have a motto that you grew up with or your family grew up with? That's something that you um, live by? You know what? Actually, I do. And I, um, it's basically one where I, it just kind of was an epiphany to me one day and I was much older um, than a kid. So I realized that there was a point in my life when I, I was always nervous about doing things because I was afraid of it not working out. So I finally learned at one point, and I don't know what triggered it right now, but I did not want to be older and look back with regrets. So I started looking at doing things that, okay, I guess basically failure is not a bad thing to me anymore. Uh, I don't necessarily think that a failure is bad. I think that it's an opportunity for us to learn something. Either we learn to um, that, oh, I want to try that. And if I try it and I don't like it, that's okay. It's not a failure. Um, I tried it. I didn't like it. I just chalk it up as to a learning experience. Um, I think um, it was Edison. I remember it was kind of a pr profound. He found, he didn't, what was it? The Thomas Edison quote uh, I, he, that he didn't fail. He found 10,000 ways to, to not, that it wouldn't work, you know? Right, right. I, I don't. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, the first thing that's popping in my head is failure is not an option, but but that's not what you're referring well, to. It, yeah, yeah, because it, anyway, he just yeah. found. You know, he he may not have succeeded the first ten thousand times, but mm -hmm. he eventually. You know, he just found it that just didn't work. So yeah. that's the way I looked at it. Hey, I'm going to go try this. If it doesn't work, that's okay. I'm going to go try something else new. I always love learning anyway. So I. I really, really lifted that burden off myself because I was always afraid of failure. You know, yeah. people being disappointed in me, but when it's more me disappointed in myself, so... Yeah. Oh, you're only competing with yourself anyway, you know, and the fact that you have the courage to be able to start something new, regardless mm -hmm. of where it goes, you know, I think that that in itself is is huge because most people mm -hmm. won't even take that risk, you know, oh, right. you know, they just won't. So, I mean, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. And I've had to learn that too, to just mm -hmm. jump in there, which actually yep. leads me to the next question. And it is from Ooh. Cheryl uh, Reagan. And mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's R-E-G-U-N. Uh, she wanted to know, um, was it hard for you guys to start your podcast? Cause you guys are friends and <laughs> I, I, okay. And I know you and I talked about this general, you know, in general before the, mm -hmm. we got on air, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is a good, I'm gonna, I'll answer this one later on, but what, <laughs> I'll <hear> your perspective. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember, I remember when, um, you had, you know, uh, some other online or, other podcast type of shows and you're always asking me i want you to come on I want you to come on i'm like oh god no i can't talk in front of nobody <laughs> i hate public speaking 
I, even in college when I had to take it, oh my gosh, I was sick every day going into class because I did not want to get up in front of anybody. And here I am. <laughs> I was like, this is so, um, it wasn't hard. No, I just, Mickey's just really good at <laughs> convincing you to <laughs> go on. Talk to me. <laughs> I'm the peer pressure friend. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, do it with me. Oh gosh, you don't know. It's like at home morning. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we we've had fun though. I mean, yeah. and now you're just a natural. I mean, now we just do it. It's no big deal anymore. <laughs> I know. You just find out these these weird things about yourself. Something that you thought you always hated turns out to be not so bad. <laughs> Well, what did you say? What was a couple of weeks ago? You said, I would have never thought in a million years I'd be hosting a podcast. Heavens, you know? No, <laughs> here we are a year later. <laughs> no. Well, okay. So here's a couple uh, little short fire questions and oh, then cool. we'll go through. So um, what is uh, your proudest moment? Uh, proudest moment. Oh God. I actually have a few, but um I think one in particular was um, of myself, of getting in my car and driving across country alone. Mm. I think that was one of the proudest things for me because of that point in my life. I always, you know, always felt, oh, oh come on, somebody go with me, you know, um, and if they don't, then I wouldn't go anywhere. And I, it, it was one of these things that if I didn't do it, um, I would regret it in, you know, in time because I would have always wished I had. So I, that's, I think, is a proud moment of, my, of, of myself. Um, okay. Other than graduating, you know, college. That's big, too. Okay. Uh, favorite, thing, <laughs> fa fa favorite thing to do? Favorite thing to do? Mm -hmm. um, oh, gosh. I, well, I love spending time with family. And friends. Um, but I do, I do really love taking the camera and exploring with it and seeing what I can find. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do okay. with family and friends, hopefully. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, a unique talent. Do you have a unique talent? Uh, yeah. Um, well, let's say, um, I used to do this as a drive people crazy. I could read if, if I was like standing across from you at a desk or something, I could read your writing or your letters upside down and <laughs> <laughs> people hated that and um actually it's uh some people appreciate this especially in my household I have a pretty good photographic memory too interestingly enough I can sort of remember what where things are at and then people are running around looking for stuff and I'll say oh it's upstairs on this and that under that I I could just remember where it was I have a recall I guess <laughs> I don't know that's, that's cool actually <laughs> it can be but it you know it's overwhelming sometimes <laughs> your, your uh, brain's fault now the last time I saw it was blink 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 you know and then usually it's where it's at so that's pretty awesome okay what's what's something you've done that you will never do again <laughs> <laughs> ride a wooden roller coaster <laughs> oh <laughs> I love roller coasters. Me, my dad growing up would be like, no one else would get on it with him, but I would because I felt bad for him having to go by himself. So I would do it. <laughs> I found a love for roller coasters, but wooden roller coasters, 
no, no, and no, I will never ride one again. Uh, my husband took me to the one in on Santa Cruz. Have you been to that one? No, um, the only one I've seen, and I'm not a roller coaster person. I mean, for all the crazy things I do, I know that's probably yeah. surprising. Oh, yeah, I just that point. Yeah, yeah, well, um, but the only one I've seen that's wooden is the one down in San Diego, down near Balboa. Isn't there uh, a historic one down? They, I know there was wood. many, many years ago. I don't know if it's still there or not. Isn't Maybe there a wooden is. roller coaster? Down it, in- it, uh, yeah, I think there is. I haven't been down there in so long. I think there is. I yeah. guess it's a wooden roller coaster in Santa Cruz. I can't remember. Maybe yeah. it's not. All I know is a roller coaster. It's just a plain one where it's an old type that it's all, you know, jerky. Um, I bruised up my back so bad. I oh, could man. not sit back because I have a, a bony bag, you know. And so sitting back <laughs> in that hard seat, I literally was holding myself up because it was, I walked with all kinds of bruises up my back. And then, of course, you know, roller coasters today have those stupid cameras on them that take your picture, you know, and my, you know, my husband's, he's like, woo, and I'm over going, oh, and I'm in pain. And it, oh, man, you were laughing. And that's the picture it took. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, it was so embarrassing. But he laughed. I'm I'm glad everybody got a good laugh. I made somebody (laughs) laugh today, but (laughs) I was in pain for a day or two. Oh, man. I'm not going to ride any more of those. Okay, what's 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 something you've done once that if you could do it more, you would? Oh, that's a good one. Um, hmm. I would, I guess, uh, ride in a helicopter more. Mm. Yeah, because I rode in it one time and I enjoyed it so much. Uh, I'd even thought about, oh, I'd love to learn to fly one, but I'm not coordinating enough, so... Um, I'd like to do that. Um, no, gosh, I'm not, I've not been that daring in life. Um, we need to work on that. (laughs) I know, I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So these are just going to be quick ones. Okay. Ready? Uh, Favorite food. Oh gosh. Um, I love. Oh gosh, just one. That's hard. I have to say, I, overall, my God, that's not funny. My favorite food, <laughs> um, oh, liver mush. <laughs> liver mush. I know. I know. It's like liver mush, and then I love chocolate. <laughs> and I love sweet tea. I love all kinds of things. That's not a food, but okay. that's a prerequisite. So. Okay. Last band that you saw. Last band that you saw. I think it was the cult. Oh, I I think it I think it was the cult here in San Diego at the harbor. I had no idea who they were, (laughs) (laughs) but I should have because their music was popular in the eighties. The biggest last band I saw though was Def Leppard. Oh, okay. Def Leppard, oh my gosh, like six rows from the stage, my brother had a talent for getting the best tickets. Oh, that was just marvelous back in the day. Oh, <laughs> loved it. Loved it. That's, yes. Okay. So with that being said, who's your favorite band? Favorite band? Oh, I have, I have a lot, but Def Leppard was always way up there on, on the top because I just loved all their music. 
all their music. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And then you went and saw them. That's kind of fun. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Favorite favorite place to travel to? Well, of course, um, Europe. I mean, I've been to Italy. Um, I'd like to go back and see the rest of it in other areas. But my, I guess my overall favorite, though, has to be Prague. Mm. Mm-hmm. Prague, hands down. That's nice. I, that's one place number I haven't been. That's on my list. Oh, that's gosh. awesome. Number one, number one yeah. first. That'd be my favorite. But the, as far as a country, Italy would be so far. I haven't been to the others yet. So, <laughs> okay. uh, 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 do you have any animals? Yes, I do. I have two. I have a. I think he's seven now. Seven-year-old Jack. He's a kind of a. Everybody calls him a llama, but he's not. He's a little Jack Russell, long-legged Jack Russell mix. He's fuzzball, but he's super cool. And then um, we uh, recently adopted uh, a little chihuahua. She's 17, and her name's Little Lady. That was uh, my mother-in-law's pet. We kept her, and she has no teeth. And she is just spunky and full of spitfire. I swear she is a mess. She <laughs> follows me everywhere I go. She's my own fan club. <laughs> Aww, unconditional love. That's what's great about animals. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, favorite memory. What's, the, what's something whenever you, I say favorite memory, what pops into your head? Um, you know, it's always hard to choose just one, but there's this one that always stands out. It's actually more funny than anything. Uh, when we were, when we were teenagers, well, most of my youth, we would always spend one week, um, uh, vacation in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. So usually every year we were allowed to take along, you know, a friend or whoever to go with us. Well, this particular year we took my cousin, Brigetta, and then, uh, we took a neighbor, my brother took a neighbor, um, boy and it was just a big gang of us down there of course we were all having fun we were camping out on the beach and it was this year um (laughs) they used to have bumper boats and um at the time my cousin and some others amongst the group smoked so we were trying we were praying pranks on one another so they used to have these things you stick down in cigarettes you know where they like explode <laughs> oh man <laughs> so we were trying to get one another throughout the the summer while we were there and just so happened we snuck one into <laughs> one up from one of them but we were over at the bumper cars and it's just this type of this night where everything was just happening and my cousin Brigetto was trying to get out of a bumper boat and the guy was trying to help her out and the bumper boat slides away and he falls into the water and she, we're just like, it was just hilarious. The poor guy was just wet through and through and we had just given him a hard time, I think. And then it just so happened that I think the, one of the, the one of the people I'd given the guy a cigarette and we were like, oh my God, we think that one had the prank in it. And we took off running about that time we heard it. <laughs> we heard it pull. I turned around that guy. Had, like he was just standing there with his eyes blinking and stuff. And it was like, <laughs> he, we were like, oh my God, that poor guy. I think he quit his job. <laughs> We just gave him a bunch of teenagers to just give that poor guy a heck. 
it was that's actually just a favorite fun one that I always remember sometimes and it's just a bunch of us kids just having fun you know that is fun um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. okay and so um I guess so we'll we'll wrap it up uh anything you want to share that I didn't ask you and do you want to shout out to anybody that we know always listens to us and we, we are grateful <sighs> for that especially our friends and family it's like, not like they have a choice when we go did you listen did you I listen know. to <laughs> I know, I swear you could have like a family time with them. They have tons of stories. Um, anything else? Oh, I do love, just really quickly, I do love um, sports cars. I had a 66 Chevelle growing up. My dad did, so we got to drive that. I love sports cars, um, ghosts. I like spooky stories. And um, I actually, I collect a variety of different things. Uh, pop culture statues and I think it's about it but I do want to I do want to say I know I've already uh talked about Debbie and Patty and Judy Tracy and and uh, all of my friends from RT um I miss you guys wish we got together again for those conventions but of course my mom and my aunts that and Aunt Edna and my cousin William um very proud of him so uh of course, my brothers, Gary, Charles, all of my support. Thank you so much, everybody. Terry and my niece, Kylie. Love you, girl. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> all my friends, I just want to say I love you all. And thank you, everyone who, who checks in and listens to us. We do appreciate it. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm going to end on that. Let's just end on that, Mel. That was awesome. That was, uh, that was so much fun. I know. (laughs) I'm next. So if you guys have any questions again, you know, just give us a shout out on all our social media. And we, I also would like to thank all of you that have been leaving, um, rating and leaving us five stars on our Apple podcast. We are so grateful for that. I mean, I, I love the fact that you guys love it and you're leaving us little comments and, that just means so much to us. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we will meet up with you. We've got some great guests coming this week. Um, you guys are going to have so much fun. Uh, we have got a uh, couple people that you are just going to have a good time with and uh, some other stories I know you'll connect with. But until then, um, we are just ordinary friends trying to live an extraordinary life. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. We'll talk yeah. with you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye, y'all. This episode was brought to you by KeepOnSharing.com. They're calling themselves the first truly ethical social network. They'll share back 50% of their revenue with their users, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's free to register, and they never sell your information. You can list your products, events, and content for free. Adult content accounts, be gone. They're fun, positive, and encouraging sites supporting local business. In a day and age where social media sites, even well-established ones, are being brought to light left and right for their questionable and sometimes downright archaic business practices, KeepOnSharing.com is a well-needed breath of fresh air. While you can share personal content, news articles, or just about anything for fun and profit, the marketplace allows practically anyone to sell anything at any time from anywhere. But on this site, you are the boss. I cannot express how amazing it is that KeepOnSharing.com 
shares 50% of all revenue back with the users on top of having a truly transparent, supportive, and clean business model. Check them out. I'm signing up. Will you? Go ahead and meet me on there. Just go to keeponsharing.com. A link will be provided in this episode's description. 